You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Tonight, I want to talk about the House of Transformation. Mentioned it a few times already, but I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but human beings are actually the only living thing, the only created thing that have the power to transform themselves. We're the only ones that can start one way and end up a different way. We're the only thing that can transform ourselves. You know, I wish our dogs could like get some transformation in their life and like they'll always be a dog, right? They'll never be able to help me with the dishes or take the kids to school. I mean, that would be so helpful. But human beings, we can start one way and we can end up a different way. How we are today, where we are today actually says nothing about where we're gonna be tomorrow, where we're gonna be a year from now, where we're gonna end up a decade from now, but we can actually transform ourselves. And God is in the business of transforming people. And you know, I think of my husband, he comes into the country, 16 years old. He doesn't speak English. This is when we met. I don't know how we communicated. I guess we like weren't talking very much back then, but comes into the country. Holy Spirit's coming back into the room. Comes into the country, 16 years of age, doesn't know how to speak the language, comes from nothing, builds a life. God teaches him not only how to speak English, how to preach the Bible in English, and then raises him up to run for office in a critical time in history to build businesses, what God can do, what God can do with a surrendered heart, what God can do in our life. I mean, Alex, we could have just done an altar call after your tithe message. Talk about the house of transformation. I grew up in Imperial Beach. I probably saw you on the streets somewhere. But that he could take your story and you're sitting on the front row, second row with your beautiful wife, your beautiful family. God is in the business of transformation. I'm gonna read you just rapid fire a couple of scriptures because the whole Bible is full of stories and scriptures of people's lives who've been transformed. But 2 Corinthians 3, 16 through 18, it says, but whenever someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. So this is the veil that was on the people of the Old Testament before Jesus came. They couldn't really see Jesus. They didn't really understand God, but their eyes were veiled. And it says, for the Lord is the spirit and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Somebody say freedom. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Another translation says we go from glory to glory. You've probably heard that, faith to faith, glory to glory. We go from one place to the next, from one level to the next level. That's our life with God. Colossians 3.10 says, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Philippians 1.6, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Tonight, we're gonna talk about what I believe are three stages of transformation that every believer goes through in like a cycle. At every stage of your life, you're gonna be in one of these stages because how many of you know we never graduate from becoming more and more like Christ? It's never something that we arrive at and mature believers know this. At every stage of life, we're saying, God, transform me. God, make me more and more like you. And you know, in Seattle, we had lunch with um, this beautiful couple in their 80s. They were billionaires. So we had lunch with billionaires, which is pretty crazy. And I had, that never happened before. So I really didn't know what to expect with an 80 year old billionaire. I'm like, this is goals, right? This is like where everybody wants to end up someday. And she was the sweetest lady. And she was explaining to me her journey with God and how she had just gotten filled with the Holy Spirit. And God was showing her all these things about her life. And you know, when you're 80 and you're a billionaire, you just, 
I mean, I think you would just like relax and go on vacation and like chill out. And she was telling me how they have a vacation home here in California and they'd been spending a lot of time there and that the Holy Spirit just began to speak to her and told her, you know what? You have purpose in this city in Seattle. You have ministries here. You have your children here. I have need of you in this city in California and your vacation home in California, it's become a distraction and I want you to sell it. And so she said, they put it on the market that very same day, somebody bought the house. It was confirmation from the Lord that she was doing what she was supposed to do. And I was just sitting in awe of this woman in her eighties who had arrived at some billion dollar fortune and had built her life. And she was still saying, God, I want to do your your will. God, I want to do what you want. I want to live my life for you. God, transform my heart. And I was just so inspired by her that we never graduate from transformation, from becoming more and more like Jesus. And so we're going to quickly go through a few stages. And as we do this, I want you to sort of have a little moment with God and just identify what stage of the cycle you're in. And in a room this size, there's going to be a lot of us in all different stages. But the first stage, if you're taking notes, uh, by the way, the title of the message is House of Transformation. Um, Stage one is the mirror. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but maybe you come into church, you've been coming for a while, you start to hear the Bible, you start to learn about God, you start to be around all these crazy church people because we're wild and we're crazy and we're so much fun. But you start to notice like, okay, like I'm not like that person or where they're at is not really where I am or what God is saying about how I should live my life. That's not really what my life looks like. You start to see these like incongruencies, right? Of the reality of where we're at and where we want to be and where we're going and where God wants us to go. And so I call this stage looking in the mirror because a lot of times as we journey with God, he'll bring us to a moment where it's like we're looking in a mirror and the word of God, it even talks about it in James I'm going to read it. It says, James 1, 24, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. For if you listen to the word of God and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, you walk away, and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. And so it's like we have these moments, these encounters with God where we're faced with ourselves, right? This is not maybe the most comfortable place to be sometimes where we see the reality of something that's going on in us, something that's going on in our world. And God in his mercy will allow us to see it, right? And we can be like those that just, you know, we see it, we turn away and we forget what we saw and we keep living our life. Or we can be like those that glance into the mirror, into what God is doing and we obey his word. And you know, when I first came to this church, if you would have held up a mirror in front of me, and I was really honest about what I was looking at in the mirror, it really would have been a picture of a very broken girl. And I was a broken pastor that had been hurt by the church and couldn't trust people, um, was dealing with anxiety, depression. I had just lost all my friends. I was dealing with loneliness and I was really going through it. But You know, how many of you know, if you look at that picture in the mirror, it's like not really what you wanna see, right? Sometimes we see that picture and we're like, oh no, I don't think that's, that's not accurate. Like put a filter on the mirror because that's not really what I wanna look at. That's not who I am. And so I did what a lot of Christians do. And when I saw that brokenness in the mirror, I actually, I hid from it. And because there's something about 
when we are confronted with things that we don't like about ourselves, um, and the devil loves to use this little thing called shame, right? And rather than saying, oh my goodness, this is what's going on, I'm gonna change, or I'm gonna ask God to heal me, I actually retreated in shame in that moment. And I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but as I was just studying this and, and talking to God about it, I realized that shame and pride are like best friends. And so a lot of times we experience shame and rather than repenting or rather than coming to someone and talking about it and getting real about what's going on in our life, we let pride take over. And so we know something's not okay, right? But we can pretend like it is. We can make sure nobody knows it's not okay. And so a lot of times, you know, you meet people in your life that are just like super prideful or just you know, overcompensating, right, for something. And it can be like obnoxious and you're like, this person, like, why are they so intense? And I have, those people used to be really hard for me until I began to look at them through the eyes of Christ. And I realized that a lot of times the people that are the most prideful are the people that has the most layers of pain. That behind that facade, right, is a lot of layers of brokenness. And because shame came in, they now are living a life of pride. And so I walked around this church for a couple of years and you, I mean, some of you might've known some stuff was going on, but for the most part, I felt like I was holding it together, right? Like, oh, we've been pastors before, we're amazing Christians and we're so awesome. And on the inside, I was crumbling and nobody knew that I was dealing with anxiety and depression and the devil likes, when you're going through a season like that, he likes to tell you that you're the only one going through it. Has anyone ever been there? And I look around at all these people and I'm like, they're so happy and their life is so wonderful and they don't have any issues and they don't deal with this stuff. And what is wrong with me that I'm the only one going through it? Like, first of all, that's a lie. Everybody's going through something, right? It may not be the same thing, but apparently Christians are really good at holding it together. I don't know. But the more I journeyed with people, the more I understood, wait a minute, I'm not the only one. It took me a while. I'm not the only one that's going through something, right? And also, I just want to point this out. Um, I said it before when I've shared my testimony of going to therapy and getting healing and breakthrough from all these things that um, my counselor said, you know, you might feel like nobody else is going through it, but nobody else has actually been what you're going gone through what you've gone through. And so it's okay that you're going through something different than somebody else. It's okay that you're processing through something that's happened in your life and that person might not have gone what you've gone through. And so they're not dealing with the same things you're dealing with. So it's really silly to compare ourselves, but you know, I had an opportunity to look in that mirror and say, God, I want you to transform me and to be honest and to be real and to be confronted with myself. And so I just felt tonight to have us all close our eyes for a minute, if that's okay. And I just wanna ask the Holy Spirit to just begin to show us the mirror. Just begin to show us our reflection in the mirror. God, I pray that you would begin to reveal just things about our heart, Lord, that you would remind us we are in the house of transformation. God, we're in a place that is safe, a place where we are loved. God, a place where you wanna transform us more and more into who you created us to be. God, would you show us the mirror? And I even believe now as we're praying and as we're just spending this moment with God, he's gonna begin to just bring some things to the surface. And I just wanna encourage you, just, just let him come. And for some of us, maybe it's just things of the heart only we know, maybe it's past experiences, things that we've walked through. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can open your eyes. I just wanna encourage you, no matter what you've been through, 
there is no person that is too far gone for God to transform them. There is no situation that you're in. There is nothing that you have walked through that God cannot heal, that he cannot restore, that he cannot fix, that he, can put, he cannot put back together again. You are in the house of transformation. And in case you've never heard this, the church, Awaken Church, we are a hospital for sick people, okay? We are a place of refuge for people that have experienced brokenness. And no matter what row you're sitting in, you're sitting by somebody that has a similar story, that has walked through some things, but we are a place of healing and we are a place of hope. And that is why God brought you here tonight. And something that a lot of churches say, um, which gets under my skin a little bit, is it's okay not to be okay. And you've heard this probably on social media and people post it and they repost it. It's okay not to be okay. And you know, that came out of a time in culture where people couldn't admit that they were going through something. And so that was really healthy to admit that you were going through something. That was really healthy to not cover it up. But that is not the full picture because here at Awaken Church, it is okay not to be okay, but it is not okay to stay that way. Come on, Felicia. It is not okay to stay that way. And that is why God brought you to this house because it's not okay to stay where you are. And I don't know your story, but God loves you too much to leave you where you are right now. And maybe life is awesome, but the good news is you're not gonna stay there. It's gonna get more awesome and God is gonna do more incredible things in your life. So God loves you too much to leave you where you are right now. And so do we, so do we as the church. We love you too much to not, or to, we love you too much to not let you stay where you are. Amen. Stage two, the molding. So stage one was the mirror. Stage two, the molding. Isaiah 64, eight says, and yet, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. And I don't know, anybody make pottery in the house? Oh, one time, okay, I see that hand, yeah. So this reference, I think, maybe gets lost on us sometimes because if you've ever seen a potter mold clay, which I watched some YouTube videos, and I know more about clay than I ever need to know, but the potter actually takes a lump of clay, which the Bible says is us, and he slams it on a potter's wheel, and he picks it up, and he slams it again, and he slams it again, and he pounds the clay, and he pounds the clay, and he wets his hands, and he grabs the clay, and he begins to mold the clay. And I just had this beautiful picture of us on the potter's wheel of transformation and God, our father, the potter, we are the clay, he is the potter and he's transforming his kids. That's us tonight, we are on the potter's wheel. And I just wanna point out a couple of things um, about being on the potter's wheel and transformation. And the first one is transformation doesn't always feel good. Not gonna get many amens on that. But transformation doesn't always feel good. And if you look at that lump of clay, the potter takes his hands and he presses the clay and he pulls the clay and he stretches it and he molds it. And if it's and if it's a little bit off and it doesn't do exactly what it was supposed to do, then he picks it up and he pounds it again and he pounds it again. He slams it back on the wheel and then he squeezes it and he presses it and he pulls it and he shapes it. And I think a lot of times we go through things in our life where we feel like we are being pressed. We are being pulled. We are being, all we feel is like this pressure closing in on us or we're getting pounded over and over and over. Anybody been there? Anybody there tonight? Maybe on your way to church, you're thinking, what is going on in my world? And I think oftentimes we are conditioned to think, oh, this is the devil. 
I'm being attacked by the devil. And, you know, sometimes maybe that's the case. But I think we need to be mature enough as believers, and we need to look at what the Word of God says, and we need to understand that He is going to do some things in our life to transform us and to make us who He's called us to be, who we are created to be. He's going to take us from glory to glory, and He's going to use it with some situations that bring about some pain. But I love that this illustration shows how personal God is with us because the potter, he wets his hands and he picks up the clay and he never takes his hands off the clay. If he takes them off, it spins out of control and it flies off the wheel, but he keeps his hands on the clay. So God's hand is on us. And whether it feels like a little bit of pressure or a little bit of pulling or a little bit of stretching or a little bit of pounding, he is a good father and he knows what he is doing. And that's the thing about a lump of clay and a potter. The clay does not know what it's becoming, but only the potter knows what it's creating. So sometimes we go through things in our life and we think, no, 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 no. This is not how it's supposed to go. This is not what's supposed to be happening. This was not how I planned it. Something is off. Something is wrong, but we don't know what we're becoming. We don't know what God is making out of us. And God is so careful with how he transforms us that he never takes his hands off us. He's not afraid to get dirty and in the mess and in the mix of our life and make us exactly who we are created to be. And so I love that illustration. And I just wanna encourage us when we are going through seasons of transformation, because I'm sure by this point in the message, some of you are like, yep, mm -hmm, that's what's happening. That's why that happened. That's what was going on then. Yep, I'm actually really thankful that happened because God did this. And you start to put the pieces together and you see, God, you have been so careful with me. And you have, it's like if the potter put too much pressure, the, the vessel would completely fall apart. But he knows just how much we can handle. He knows just the right touch, just the right shape. And he is so careful with us. So God is so personal with us. Only the potter knows what he's making. And my encouragement tonight, as you've discerned, I think I might be going through a season of transformation, is to not get off the potter's wheel. There are times in our life where we feel like, you know, God, I think you've got it all wrong. Like, I don't know how I ended up here. I don't really understand what's going on in my life. And I have seen so many people come into the house of God, come into a place of transformation. And God was trying to do so much in their world. He was actually trying to answer their prayers and turn them into the person that they wanted to be. But because they couldn't handle the pressure, because they didn't understand this illustration of the potter and the clay, they took themselves off the potter's wheel and they stayed the same. I never want that to be a picture of my life, that I remove myself out of a situation too soon and when God is not done with me. So stay on the potter's wheel. And I cannot tell you guys enough, um, in seasons of transformation in my life where maybe we were in a transition or I knew God was doing something really intentional in my heart and he was stretching me and he was pressing me and God, I have no idea what's going on. I have stood right up here I can't even tell you how many times and during worship I've said, God, I surrender to you. God, I surrender to whatever you're doing in my life. God, I say yes to you. God, this is painful. But rather than staying home and cry, I did that in the past, right? Those first two years when I wasn't being very honest about what was going on in the mirror. I did that way too long. So now I've learned when I'm going through a season of transformation, I put myself up here on the potter's wheel and I say, God, whatever you have for me, I say yes to you. I surrender to you. God, I give you my life again. God, you know what you're making. God, you know what's around the corner. God, you know 
know who you're creating me to be. God, you know what you're calling me to do with my life. And I want you to make me who you want me to be, not who I think I'm gonna be, but I'm not gonna take myself off the potter's wheel. And I can tell you, like shortly after those moments, God has done something incredible in our life. And I thought, oh my gosh, he was preparing me for this moment and I didn't even know it. I had no idea what felt like pain was actually purpose, was actually God turning me into what he had created me to be. And you know, I wanted to say this earlier, but God cannot heal what we don't reveal and he cannot fix what we don't face. And so there's things in our life that we want God to deal with, that we want God to get rid of, that we want God to to transform us, but we're avoiding it. We're hiding from what's in the mirror and we're saying, I don't wanna see it, it's too much. I don't know how to deal with that. I don't know where to start. And I just wanna encourage you tonight, stay on the potter's wheel and let that be the attitude of your heart. God, I surrender. God, I give my heart to you. God, I give my life to you. The next thing I wanna share is that God uses people to transform us. See, no more amens, no amens. God uses people to transform us. And I can promise you that the people that are in your life right now are going to determine your future. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, somebody say the pastors and teachers, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we will be mature in the Lord. Somebody say transformation. Measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, say transformation. Who is the head of the body of the church? He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This sounds a lot to me like transformation. And this is a big turning point for me coming into the church, understanding that God has actually given our pastors and our leaders responsibility from heaven to transform us to work in our life in such a way that they would equip us to become who God has created us to be. And so a lot of times, transformation comes in the form of a great friend, a great leader, a great pastor that loves us enough to be honest with us. And that is the church you're in tonight. And I know that it sounds a little bit uncomfortable, but that is the best place to grow. How There's no better place to grow and to transform than being in a place that is a little bit uncomfortable. But remember, God's hand is on you. He's not gonna take it off of you. When a leader comes to you, you know, and like I said, we've pastored in the past and we've done ministry for a really long time and we just are friends with a lot of people. And there's so many moments in our life where it goes both ways, where there's people that are in my world that I love so much and God has given me the courage to say, hey, you know, when you kind of like say things like this, it's not really like helping you. It's actually hurting you and it's hurting people around you and it's hurting your family and it's hurting your husband and it doesn't make you look good. And this is really not who God wants you to be. It's actually not who you are. And I don't know why you're saying that. And we've had these heart to heart conversations and it's just such a beautiful moment when this friend knows that I love them and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Like, thank you for loving me enough to bring that up. But it goes both ways. There's been people in my world that are like, hey, so when you do this, like, 
it's just, it's a little bit weird, (laughs) you know, or, hey, this is really not God's best for you, or this way that you're thinking, it's actually sabotaging you, and it's not helping you, and it's not going to get you to the place that God wants you to go, and so God will use people to transform us, and it's not always easy but it's always good and it's always good for us. And so I just wanna encourage you as you go through connect groups, we just talked about connect groups all last month as you keep coming to church to make it easy on people to love you with the truth. Make it easy on your pastors and leaders, allow people to speak into your life. Because something that I didn't understand for a while because I came out of a church that wasn't very healthy is that healthy people actually correct you from a place of love from a place of love because they legitimately care about you, not because they have some motive or some agenda. Unhealthy people correct you or speak the truth to you because they wanna control you and manipulate you or put you down or they have some weird agenda. But that is not this church. That is not this place. That is not the leaders that you're gonna find at this church. But the things they encourage you in, it is because they love you. And honestly, they have been given an assignment like we read in Ephesians from God. This is your assignment to equip the people of God to do their own special work so that they can operate in the body, so they can do what I've created them to do. So make it easy on them. Stay on the wheel. Even when God sends people into your life to shape you, to love you with the truth so you can become who you are created to be. And we're gonna finish with this and that's stage three called the masterpiece. So we have the mirror, the molding, and the masterpiece. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. God actually planned things for our life before we ever came into being, right? It says before we were formed in our mother's womb, God knew us and he chose us and he set us apart on a mission for a purpose. Before we, were ev- before we even came into being, God had things planned for our life and he calls us his masterpiece. And I love that it relates so perfectly to the potter and the wheel because what the potter is creating, it's actually a work of art. It's something that is beautiful, something that has an incredible purpose and something that is literally like God's workmanship on display. So really in this process of transformation, maybe we're in the mirror and we're recognizing some things going on that we need help with or we need to change or we're in the molding and we're feeling the pressing of God and we're in that transformation season or we've crossed over and we've stayed on the potter's wheel long enough for God to make something beautiful out of our life in a certain season that other people look and say, whoa, look what the Lord has done. And I know that you've had that experience where you go around family members or old friends and they're like, like, who are you? And some people are very secure and they make you feel really good about it. Some people are not very secure and they're like, oh, well now you think that you're just like whatever. But it's, it's, it's evidence that you have been transformed by God and that there's something that has changed on the inside of you. This is the very purpose that God has for our life, that we would go from glory to glory, from faith to faith, to look more like Jesus with every passing moment, every season, every day. And I think a lot of us, we look at other people's masterpieces and we say, I want that. Like, I want my life to look like that. And we see God has done something in someone else's life and we're like, well, why not me? Because I think a lot of us want the transformation, but we're not willing to do what it takes to get there. We're not willing to pay the price that other people have paid to step into the masterpiece of what God has done. 
but we can have it if we stay on the potter's wheel. And so tonight, I just wanna invite you as we close to close your eyes. And I really want to share tonight that God wants your life to be a masterpiece. God wants your life to be full of so much goodness and so much purpose and so much blessing that you are overflowing, that you're sharing testimonies left and right of the goodness of God. And I just want you to go back to that mirror again for a moment. And whatever you saw in the beginning, Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that you would begin to show us a picture of the masterpiece of our life, of what you wanna do with us, God. Or those things about us that are uncomfortable, that are painful, that feel shameful, or the things that we don't like very much. God, I pray right now that you would give us a picture of heaven. God, that you would give us a picture of exactly what you see for us. God, that you wouldn't, God, that we wouldn't get stuck looking at the old, but God, we would have a vision of what's to come. We would have a vision of what the potter is doing with the clay. God, that you would show us what you are creating. God, where you're taking us. God, that every dream, every desire we have, God, that you wanna fulfill it. God, would you show us a picture of your goodness, of what only you can create. God, there's things in our life that we can't fix for ourselves, but only you can do it, God. Lord, would you fill us tonight with hope? God, would you fill us tonight with courage to stay on the potter's wheel, to say yes to you, Jesus, to say yes for the transformation process. If you're here tonight and you've never heard a message like this, or you're saying, I've not even begun the journey of transformation because I have not said yes to Jesus. I have not invited God into my heart. We just want to take a few moments as we wrap up. And if you're here tonight and you're like, I am far from God and I want that to change. I want to come near to God. I want to start a relationship with him. I want to start the process of transformation. I just want you to lift your hand quickly on the count of three. One, two, three. If that's you tonight, Maybe you've been far from God. You've you've walked with him before. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you over here. Thank you. Anybody else? Maybe you've walked away from God, but you're saying tonight, I wanna come back. I wanna put myself back on the potter's wheel. I see that hand, thank you. Thank you, anybody else? I feel like there's a couple more people. Thank you. One more person. Thank you, thank you for that hand. Church, why don't you stand up? We'll all stand up together and we're gonna pray this quick prayer and then I wanna pray for some more people. But if you prayed that prayer, we're all gonna pray it along with you. I just want you to repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. I repent of my sins. I leave my old life behind and I enter into a new life with you. I make you the Lord of my life and I ask you to show me the great plans that you have for me. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.